I hope you had a great Christmas. Unique, for sure. 2020 Christmas. I know some families met together, some didn't. Some did the Zoom Christmas. I know one family that set up a tent thing and they ate outside. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's cold, but I'm glad you had a good Christmas. Hey, I want to just personally start off uh, this morning and just say thank you um, for praying for Cleo and I this week. Um, If you're on the church email list, you received an email on Wednesday um, that I had to call 911 early, early, early Wednesday morning, and they took Cleo to Valley Medical Center. And um, so we've been kind of working through our stuff the last couple of years, but she had some swelling going on in her brain, and it's a miracle. She's here this morning. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to Tony being her chauffeur. And um, so, yes, you're part of the miracle, Tony. Yes. And um, so just thank you for your prayers. And um, I'm going to call out our staff, our staff. We have a great staff. You have a great staff here at this church. And so they stepped up, you know, Wednesday. <laughs> you know, I, so we get clear to the hospital, they're doing the thing, and then they're like, yeah, we have to admit her to the hospital. And, um, and I, you know, I figured you could still have one visitor in the hospital, right? But not anymore. And so no visitors at all, no, nobody. So they basically said from the emergency room, hey, we're going to wheel her up to her room, and you just need to go home. <laughs> and um, the doctors will call you. That's a weird conversation to have. And... Um, and so I just I can't go home. I had a couple of deliveries of the mugs, if you got your mugs. And so I said, I know the Ismailovs are getting back on Wednesday. It was Wednesday, so I drove out to their house and put it on their front porch. Did you find it? Okay, good. And, uh, and so did that and did a couple other things, and I had to stop and make a phone call in the parking lot of the QFC in Maple Valley. And I thought I was doing pretty good. I was like, okay. I cried on the way out there. I'm I'm Okay. Um, you guys think I'm a crier? I guess I am, but usually, I'm not a I'm not a sobber, though. Um, and um, I had to make a phone call, and we're talking. It was my normal Wednesday meet, Wednesday you know meeting, and we're talking about light bulbs, and <laughs> and I just could not hold it together. So our staff and I just said, "Hey, let's do the best we can." I have no idea what Christmas Eve looks like. I'm planning on being here to lead worship. Dana's doing the story already. You guys are set. I have no idea. And so they just stepped up. So Annie and Marcy and Krista and Brandon all just stepped up and said, hey, we're going to, we're the church. We're going to make this happen. So thank you guys for doing that. And uh, you guys have an awesome staff. You guys are in a good place. Um, But they're always even a little, you know, in the midst of the crazy, in the midst of the Sadness, there are always a couple of funny things. I have a doozy fun one that I'll share with you, not today, but I mean, 2020 has been a weird year. I think all of us would like to forget it, right? Well, Cleo got art, Cleo had that. I mean, we asked her, the doctors and nurses walk in, they like, well, hi, Cleo, you know, hey, what year is it? And she says, 2019. I'm like, yeah, I'd go back to 2019. <laughs> um, whatever she's having, I'll have that, right? And, um, and then they asked her, who's our president? And she was like, George W. Bush. And I was like, okay, I like that idea too. And <laughs> don't want to get too political on you, but, but, you know, I mean, it just, anyways, that was our kind of our fun, our fun moment. And, um, but I just want to say that in the midst of the crazy, um, 
God is so gracious. And I felt your prayers, and, and God totally had Cleo in his hands. She wasn't, she was Cleo. She was just a sweet, she was the angel there. And the nurses, God's, I mean, pray for our nurses. You know, so now families can't contact their, you know, their people. And so now they have to call the nurse, and the nurse has to, you know, do that whole thing. So not only are they trying to take care of patients, now they're taking care of patients' families. And, um, and we were just really blessed. Um, Valley just did a tremendous job walking us through. And the miracles, she got to come home on Christmas Eve. And, uh, yeah, we're celebrating life today. So it's good. God's good. And he's, he was good on Wednesday. I'll just say it. He was good on Wednesday, even though I didn't see it or even really experience it in the moment, he is good. And uh, his promises are true, and we need to be people who remember his promises. We need to be people who declare his promises. And, and I just want to set it up a little bit towards the end. I'll try not to be too long-winded today like I was first service. And I want us to be able to share some victories, our 2020 victories together as a church. And some of the things that God has been doing in the midst of um, the most unique, one of the, one of the most unique years in our history. God has still been working, and He is still moving, and He's still a wonder-working God, bringing out an old 70s song, but He's still a wonder-working God. I want to share some memes with you uh, this morning. Otherwise, this will be the most depressing message you've ever heard, right? So let's laugh a little bit. 2020, if you don't know what a meme is, a meme is a picture with a caption to kind of create some, some of them are serious. These are not serious. These are fun. Um, so what did our 2020 calendar look like this year? January, February, quarantine, December. Actually, we're still in quarantine, so it's not really that accurate, but that's kind of what it felt like. Anybody, like, has been a slow year. This is like been, this has been the slowest year ever. Slow year, Ken. You're still on your own, buddy. Oh, Ken and Terry. Okay. Oh, it must be a Williams thing. The Williams family. Okay. How about fast? Like this year just flew by. I don't even know where 2020 went. And the rest of you are with Cleo and think it's 2019. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. So here's some pictures of what 2020, if 2020 was a candle. Okay. Some of these you have to look, and some of these you're like, what is he doing? I, I, we're going to have a little fun today, okay? If 2020 was a math problem, if you're going down a river at two miles per hour and your canoe loses a wheel, how much pancake mix would, it, would you need to reshingle your roof? Okay. All right, gentlemen, figure that out and let me know at the end, by the end. Of, you have 50 minutes. Okay. All right. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. <laughs> this one takes a little while to see. <laughs> but, but, but there's not much in there. But you know what? That there's some in there. You know, and so sometimes we have to look at, you know, God, like for me, Wednesday, like, Okay, this is one of the one of the one of the hardest days of my life, but God, you're still here, and I acknowledge your presence. I said that out loud, God. I I, 
I acknowledge your presence and I need your help. If 2020 were a pinata, yes. Totally true, totally true. I'm allergic to bees, but yes. Perfect name for a boat. 2020 was a boat. If 2020 was a swing, okay. Hey, our plan is out here in the new park area is to put a big, one of those, a large children's play area so families in our community can come and come onto our property and hang out as families. We want to do that out here in the park. I promise you we're not going to do this. (laughs) But that was a classic one. Kind of feels that way sometimes. If 2020 was a bag of chips, orange juice and toothpaste flavor. Yes, have you ever done that? You like uh, brush your teeth in the morning when you first get up and you go over and have a drink of orange juice? Not good. I'll just let you read that one yourself. That, I guess you'd just be standing outside for a while here, or you're locked in, whatever, whichever way direction you're going. I don't know if you noticed, but it's sardines and bananas. Okay. All right, yeah, not good. Okay. <laughs> Can anybody do a Rubik's Cube in here? A couple of you guys. Impressive. I can get close, but then it's just that one or two, and then you just have to break it apart or peel the stickers off, you know. Yeah, we're only a couple left. Some of you are like, well, you just hurry up. Okay, yeah. And this is like one of my favorites, a little spam turkey there for your Thanksgiving 2020. Hey, it has been a unique year, and um, it's important that we laugh and experience the joy in the midst of it, but we have experienced loss, and I just wanted to say, you know, you know in, our, in our church itself, we've, we've lost four people, not due to COVID, but just due to life circumstances, and um, so I just want, and some, some people were like, I didn't know that person passed away. Um, you know, we don't usually send that out on email because we want to honor those families that have lost. And if they ask us to send it out, then we'll do that. But if they don't ask us to send it out, then we don't. And so I know, you know. So in alphabetical order, Andy Johnson went to be with the Lord this year. He was in his 90s. One of the sweetest men you'll ever know, truck driver Andy. And um, yeah, good man. Um, Bill Fisher, um, struggled with cancer for years. He was a champion for Jesus. His wife goes here. You know, and um, tough loss, tough loss. I did their wedding like 15 years ago. This sweet, sweet couple. And um, Karen Fairley uh, passed away just recently. And then also um, Cleo's mom, Karen, who called this place home for the last, well, since the early 90s. Uh, She went to be with Jesus this year. And that's not to even mention the countless people that, you know, like the, uh, the Blackburns lost their mom, Ginger, this year. Uh, my, you know, my aunt and uncle. I've had a couple uncles and, and an aunt pass away and a cousin. And, you know, it's just we've experienced loss this year. It's been a unique year. And we're just a microcosm of, of that. You can imagine on an, if you expand that out to 
just our city, our state, our nation, our world, how people have really experienced loss this year. So what I want us to do is, before we really get into the message today, is I want us to stop and pray and pray for those families that, that have lost. You know, some people have lost work. Like Eric was up here saying that he's losing his job and he's trusting that tomorrow that he gets that phone call. And, uh, but some people have lost relationships, you know, and obviously then we've lost loved ones as well. So can we pray for those families who have who've experienced those losses? I just want to invite you to, to quietly, would you pray? Would you pray with me? And let's lift them up. Some are, some are watching from home. Some of you are here in this room. Some of, you, some of them were here at first service. Jesus. God, for those who've, who've lost, experienced loss this year. God, I pray that you would fill them up. The places where, where they're lacking, where they, where they need. God, would you fill them up, Jesus, this morning? God, where there's sorrow, Lord, would you bring, would you bring your joy? God, where there's unrest, Lord, we pray, would you bring peace to their hearts this morning? God, where there's uncertainty, God, I pray, I pray that you bring stability this morning, Jesus. And God, help us, speak to us, share with us how we are to walk alongside people who've experienced these things, even as we are experiencing these things. God, help us to be aware in your name, amen. Hey, we must remember in the midst of a year like we've experienced that our God is still in charge, that he's still in charge, that he's still in control, that he is sovereign over everything that's happening. We have to remember that our God does not change. That was spoken from the sound booth this morning in the promises that our God does not change, and he still looks upon a world that is helpless. He still looks on a, upon a world that is struggling. In fact, the word is confused. Jesus looked upon, in, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus looked upon the crowd that was helpless and confused, and he had what? He had compassion for them. He had compassion for them. He doesn't change. His heart for us hasn't changed. He still has compassion. And he looks upon our world right now, and he still has compassion for us. And he still, the mandate from us, those who follow him, is you need to pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to bring workers to come alongside people who are struggling that need to be carried along at this time, to be, to be able to speak truth into their lives. And remind them there is a God who is Emmanuel that's with them. All the promises that you spoke out and the quiet ones. Did you hear the kids speaking out promises today? So precious. One of them, I believe, said that he's the way, the truth, and the life. People need to hear that there's good news, that Jesus is the way. Our God is in control. He does not change. Our God is with us, Emmanuel. We spent the whole month talking about that. Our God knows us. Just several weeks ago, Bakhtiar shared out of Psalm 100 that 
We are His. He really knows us. He knows the details of our lives. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 139. We're going to open our Bibles to a couple places this morning. Psalm 139. Probably one of my favorite psalms. Just because the Lord used it. You know, we be, they become our favorites because the Lord uses them in our life at certain points. And you just like remember. So I remember receiving... Someone reading this verse to me, because I really struggled, like when I was in junior high and high school, I really struggled with my identity and who I was, just trying to figure it out, because, you know, I was the tallest guy in class, and so it was a real struggle. (laughs) I'm just saying, if any of you guys are paying attention out there. Did you stay behind (laughs) Yeah, I did, about 10 years. Um, Yeah, so I just really struggled with that, and so I just struggled with who I was, and I remember... Um, being in a Bible study, and we're reading this psalm, and it just talks about God knowing us and searching us, and he knows the things that are going on in the inside of us, and that we can't run from him. You ever think, like, you can run from God? Like, man, if I can just go here, and everything will be okay. Because maybe we think we can run from our problems and run from our struggles. Well, if I go here, then I'll be okay. We can't run from it, and Psalm 139 just says, hey, God will be there wherever we run to. But verse 16 says, your eyes saw my unformed body. So as we are being knit together, in verse 15, as it describes, as we're being woven together, verse 16 says, your eyes, God, saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. I mean, our God knows us. He knows every detail about us. In Luke, Jesus is talking, and he's, he's talking about to the, to the crowds, and he says, man, you can buy sparrows for pennies, but how much more precious are you? In fact, God even knows the number of hairs on your head. It's that little kind of silly, quirky verse, like, wow, why, God, Jesus, why would you even say that? Because it's important that we know that God knows the, even the little details about us. For some of us, it's like an ongoing list. Like, okay, you lost a couple more today. Okay, that was supposed to be funny. That's me. I mean, it's happening. I see myself on video. I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, God knows every detail about us. It's, it's who our God is. It's, it, that should encourage us that, God, you see me. You know me. You know my days. There's nothing I can do to make my days last longer. Job, in the book of Job, multiple times says, God, you have ordained my days. You know my days. I can't add to them. I can't subtract from them. You know the exact details of my life. You know the details of my life. And the thing about, like, right now what we're going through, it's important that we remember. We're talking about the important things to remember, that our God is sovereign, that he doesn't change that he knows us. But it's also important to know that he has assigned this time to us. I mean, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of hard times, there's times where it's easy just to get caught up in the moment of that time and just like, ugh. But as believers in Jesus, we got to remember that he's assigned this time to us. I want you to turn in your Bible to a very familiar verse we've We've talked about it several times. Ephesians chapter 2. We talked about the tapestry 
that God has, is making of each of us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And this is such an amazing verse, that it, and I would love to be able to read it this morning like we've never read it before, and let the details of this verse really capture our hearts and capture our attention. Because this verse describes who our God is. It describes who we are. It describes what he wants us to do. I mean, isn't it like, aren't those the big life questions? Well, who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? This verse answers all those things. For we are God's handiwork, workmanship. We're his poetry. We're his tapestry. We are handmade. And we're created in Christ Jesus. So we're not accidents. Now, I'm sure when God spoke things into existence, I'm sure there was a loud bang, the Big Bang Theory, whatever you want to call it. I'm sure there was noise. I'm sure creation didn't happen in silence. But this is not an accident. I've never blown anything up and like, oh, boom, look. Wow. I mean, I like blowing things up. That's why we do a big fireworks stand here, and it's one of the highlights of my year. I love blowing things up, but I've never created anything when I blew something up. So I have a hard time believing that, that I'm here because of an explosion. Your bodies just work too perfectly, and I discovered this week one little thing cannot be working correctly in your body, and your whole body shuts down, right? We are created handmade by him in Christ. And then what do we do? Well, we're created to do good works. We're created to do good works. The New Living Translation says, so that we can do the things he has planned long ago. So we're created to, 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 we're created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He has made this time for us. That means God has prepared this time for us, but it also means that he has prepared us for this time. So it's easy for us to like get swallowed up in the moments and get swallowed up in what everybody else is thinking and then forget, oh, God, you still are in control. God, you still are in charge. God, you still are the same. You haven't changed. God, you still know me. You still have called me. You still have given me responsibility. And just because we're in these mandates and just because we're in these lockdowns doesn't mean that our mandate from God has changed. We're still supposed to be doing good works. And it's not to earn our salvation because if you back up a couple verses, we're saved by grace and we can't work for our salvation but we're created to do good. We're created to do good things. Good things. So 2020 has been a unique year, but our God has walked with us through every single, every single moment. Now, we might not, like that song that Brandon led this morning, is so perfect. God, I might not see you working. God, I might not even feel you working, but you never stop working. You never stop. 
I love that song. Good job. Thank you. I think one of the things we've learned this year is that we are not in control. <laughs> that's, a hard, that's a hard place to kind of grasp. Have you ever had your house broken into? Anybody in here have, ever had their house broken into, burglarized? Only a couple of us? It is the weirdest feeling. Well, Tony probably just, I won't say it. But your house was broken into. Not the one we live in now, but when we lived in Tiffany Park. Okay. Yeah, I remember we came home one day and our back window was broken. And um, someone had gone through our stuff in our house. And it was the weirdest feeling. Like, wow, I guess I'm not in control. I can lock everything I have. And all I have to do is break my window and get in. Yeah, I think one thing we've learned, we're not in control. We also learned that tomorrow is not guaranteed. That we have our today. And so let us walk with Jesus today. I mean, Wednesday for me personally, I'm sitting in that parking lot in Maple Valley, and I'm asking God, God, I don't even know what to do. And I don't even know what to do next. What am I supposed to do next? And then your mind starts going, at least my mind starts going about in the next weeks, months, years, and then I'm off the rails, <laughs> completely off the rails. It's important to remember that our tomorrows aren't guaranteed that we need to walk with Jesus today, that our relationships are important, that God has brought people into our lives to walk with us in the midst of our hard circumstances. And our, like, like I said before, our staff here at this church is amazing. You are in good hands with this staff because they are willing to walk with you in the midst of circumstances, tough circumstances. I think one of the things that I've learned this, this year is it's important for us to listen to one another. There has been some crazy things. If you look back at 2020, some crazy things, relationship stuff, political stuff, social stuff, church stuff. Should we, shouldn't we? Should we wear this? Shouldn't we wear that? Just all these, all those things. And one of the things that I'm trying to learn is to be what James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and then slow to become angry about the situation. Be quick to listen. I mean, I don't agree with everybody, and everybody doesn't agree with me. But when one of my friends tells me, you know, Black Lives Matter, instead of me just snapping off right away, all lives matter. Well, both statements are true, right? Yes. But when I snap into that conversation, and I didn't even share this for a service, but I'm not listening. And really, some of my friends just wanted me to listen. They didn't need my answer. They didn't need me to lay out a plan. They just needed me to listen on some of the injustice that they've had to face because of the color of their skin. So yeah, their lives matter. And then we can talk about later about, well, yeah. And then, yeah, none of my friends disagreed with all, all lives matter. They just wanted me to let them, they just, they needed that God knows me. He knows the details of my life. He knows the color of my skin. 
and I need to be okay with that. We need to listen. So important. That's one of the things that that I'm learning to do is to listen. Not that great at it yet. Working on it. Because we're not always going to agree with one another, but we can still love one another and disagree. Because really what it comes down to, what's most important is, first of all, is we acknowledge Jesus, that we're saved and rescued, but that my neighbor knows Jesus. And what's important, and then my other neighbor knows Jesus. I know that's the church answer, but really what it comes down to. Because then when they know Jesus, then everything's going to be okay for them. But they're going to seek him, and the Bible says that if we seek him, then he'll make everything else happen, right? So that's so important that we just point people to Jesus. And sometimes they just need a listening ear. I was looking at 2020, and like, what are the things that we've been learning as a church in 2020? And I was thinking, like, you know, sometimes this is even hard for me, like, hey, what did I talk about last week? Well, we've been doing Advent. And well, what did we do before that? Well, I remember Bakhtiar's message in Psalms. So we were giving thanks in the Psalms. Well, what did we do before that? I don't know. So I had a great time Christmas morning just sitting there and, and looking and, oh, God, you are so, again, it goes back to our God is in charge. He's been with us this whole time. So I just wanted to be, I was really encouraged. I was like, oh, God, you are, you've been in charge this whole time. You've been teaching us. And you've been in control of everything that's been happening this whole time. And you've been teaching us this whole time. So in January, we, we did a series on praying like Jesus prayed. Matthew 5. And we, you know, we acknowledge God and we honor him. What does it mean to give thanks for our daily needs? What does it mean to forgive people? What does it mean to walk in, in temptation and in trial? You know, that just whole, whole thing. And then we got into the declarations of Jesus, the seven I am's, that I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the gate. And literally the week after that, we gated the church off and we closed the church. That was weird because I had just started. (laughs) Like, wow, all right, God, you called me to be a pastor to close the church. How exciting is that? You know, and so I remember, if you, if you remember, we're, we were literally as a, like, okay, this is brand new. The church in the United States has never experienced this before. Um, so if you remember, I was in my living room, on this side of my living room, and you saw the sunset picture behind me on one week, and then the following week I was on this side, and I, I had the Jesus picture behind me. It's my favorite picture of Jesus where he's sitting down, and he's got his head on his hands, right after the temptation and fasting and, and uh, just, he was just sitting and resting in the presence of his father. And um, then after that, I just said, I can't do it anymore. I got to go to the church and, and at least create some normalcy for those, who are, those of you that are watching at home. And so I set up this like uh, this makeshift temporary structure because it was only supposed to be for a couple weeks, right? Remember, remember when this originally started, they said, oh, this is going to be like two weeks. And then you'd be back up and going. You know, we didn't open back up till July. So mid-March to, Ju- to July. So this was my makeshift little uh, stage here. So you can see my computer. That was my 
camera, it was like right here. <laughs> yeah, so my notes was stacked on Bibles. So I was, I was grounded in the Word. I was just using whatever things we had here. I found a bunch of scrap wood out there in the back. These are those plastic tables. By the way, those things are super slippery. So we should have had a video of me getting on and off this. A few times, actually, Dillian, and Dad came. Bakhtiar came a couple times and said, Tony came a couple times. They're rebels. They just showed up. I didn't invite them, but they showed up. So here I'm talking to my camera, and they're like sitting in my peripheral vision making faces at me, um, listening. But it was just so weird, right? But God was with us. And you know, the first week I'm on this thing, the message was, Jesus, you're our good shepherd. Just such an incredible reminder that, man, we have all been like locked away. But God, you are still shepherding us and leading us. And God, you are guiding us. And you know, as your pastor, that is my calling to do the same thing, is to lead you and guide you to a safe place. But I'm going to put the onus on you. Your responsibility as a follower of Jesus is that once you find that safe place that pastors lead you to, then it's your responsibility to eat right? It's your responsibility to, to partake in what's being offered and what's there. So when I'm up here and when whoever's up here and we're encouraging you in the Word and we're just throwing a couple verses to you here and there, that's only going to get you so far. I can only pitchfork it to you so much, right? You have to then yourself go to your good shepherd and allow him to unpack those things in you and teach you and minister to you through his word. And that just takes time. Like as I sat down and I, like I've read Ephesians 2.10. I haven't memorized. I can't memorize anymore, by the way. Wow. Like almost impossible. But I memorized that a long time ago. And I've said that over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But on Christmas morning when I'm just sitting there and I'm reading through this, and just soaking in his presence, like, man, God, again, you just light your word up in my heart and just reminds us who he is and who he's called us to be. That he's the calmer of the storm, that I am statements of Jesus, that he's the bread of life, he's the light of the world, that he is the gate, that he is the good shepherd, he's the calmer of the storm, he's the way, the truth, and the life, he's the resurrection, and the life is what we spoke on Easter, and that he is the vine and we are the branches. Keith Green says, He is divine and we are the branches. Okay. In May, from May through September, we studied the book of Acts, a third of the year. Do you guys remember that? A third of the year, we studied the book of Acts and we were reminded to really get back to the simple as the church and be dedicated to the things that they were dedicated to. And they were dedicated to meeting together. I love their priorities. Meeting together, eating together, learning together, and praying together. I love that. That was their priorities. Hey, we're going to gather, and we're going to share meals together, but we're going to learn to follow Jesus together, and then we're going to pray together. Such an important reminder 
And I invite you to join us at 6.30 a.m. in the mornings throughout the week, Monday through Saturday, and uh, come and pray. And you're like, oh, I'm busy. We're not that busy. Seriously, I mean, we got to pray, church. we got to pray. And so I invite you to come and do that. We learn that we're empowered people, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if our God doesn't change, that means he still empowers us today by his Holy Spirit. And that he leads us and guides us. And he has incredible things that, again, he's prepared in advance for us to do. Incredible things that he's prepared for us. So we need to just step into those places. And there's some great opportunities we have, church, in our community to step in and be Jesus to people. And you guys did that like for, for Christmas. For Teen Challenge, Cindy was here, uh, first service, and she said the guys were just overwhelmed on Christmas morning by the presents that you guys prepared for them. And they were just, they were, their hearts, it was just like almost like times of silence, but a good silence, like a satisfying like, man, I, that, that they're really cared for. And one of them said, I feel like I'm part of a family. They got a pair of socks. I mean, and that's just one time a year. And that ministry goes on, and that's a tough ministry because you, you start serving and you start loving on these guys, and then the next day you go and they're gone because they quit. You keep loving on whoever's in the house and... Yeah, and they could use our help year-round, not just once a year. Amanda texted me. She said they took all 24 bags into Echo Glen. Echo Glen is a children's prison 20 miles from here. And the two houses we provided for are the maximum security houses. So these guys have done some really bad things to be in maximum security at 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And she said, when we walked in with these bags two days before Christmas, they were like little boys. They were so excited. And they had to lock them in the back room so the guys had to stay away from them. And then Christmas morning was, they got to be kids again, just for a moment, and actually realized that they, they mattered. Where the rest of the world literally has thrown them away and given up hope. The one young man has been to what, did she say 54 different foster homes at 16 years old? Some of them his fault for leaving, but some of them not. Man, tough. But we got to be Jesus to them. Just for that moment, just for that moment. We studied that we are foursquare, that Jesus is our Savior. He is Baptized in the Holy Spirit. He is our healer, and he is soon and coming king. So important to remember the things that we've studied this year and what God has been preparing for us, because I believe in 2021, he has incredible things for us. Will we still be in lockdown? And ah, maybe, I don't know. But it doesn't mean that his mandate for us has changed, that we are still supposed to love and care for people around us, and still be Jesus to people. We talked about hope, love, joy, and peace for Christmas. But Christmas for Christians 
is every single day, really, right? It really is. It's a reminder that, man, every day, God, you are with us. You are Emmanuel every single day. I am alive. Every single day, you are Emmanuel. I'm looking forward to 2021. We're starting next week. We're going to join with Foursquare. Foursquare is going to do a 21 day of fasting and prayer. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, there's a you, there's a website. We'll give it to you next week. It starts next Sunday on the third, and so we'll have a website that we'll give you. You can go on. They'll send you emails every day of like a devotion that you follow. Um, it's really powerful. The first week is all things new in my life. The second week is all things new in my church and in my community. And then the third week is all things new in my global community, that we're part of something way bigger than Wrench in Washington. So it's going to be an incredible time where we're, we're spending time praying together as a church, and we're going to do that starting next week at the end of the services. We're going to just have a time where we pray together. And then fasting, I mean, fast, we'll talk a little bit about next week, but fasting could simply mean, like I have one of my friends, they're going to fast from sugar. It's like, you're serious. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about fasting from my phone or whatever, you know. But some people do electronic fasting, social media fasting, whatever. Some people do the, you know, hey, I'm only going to do water and something simple, the Daniel diet for, you know, whatever it might be. But it's a time where we say, hey, God, I'm going to be serious about the time you've called me. I'm going to be serious about the time you've prepared for me. And I want to be prepared for the time you've prepared for me. So important for us. We can get so locked in on our own lives. And, I, you know, this week was an example. I mean, we're going through it as a couple, and, you know, she's in the hospital and, uh, you know, you can just, everything just zooms. You zoom in for that moment. But that's where most people are. We're all zoomed in on our own moments, and we forget that God wants to kind of pull us back a little bit and look at bigger picture things. And how can we love and care for people even when we're going through it? I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> yeah, even when we're going through it, how do we... How do we do that? And it's really walking together. It's really being together and walking with Jesus together as we walk through this. I want to end our service this morning. We have a few minutes with victories. 2020 has been unique, and it's been all those memes and all those pictures. But God has still been working in us and through us all year long. And doing things all around us. There's been miracles happening all around us. And so I want to encourage us just to be able to share some of those. Maybe we won't get all of them in. Some of you are at home. Text me if you have one. We'll, we'll, I'll call you. We'll figure it out. I would love to hear it. I'd love to have you be able to be up here and share it. So victories. Some of the victories that you had, like personally, in your life in 2020. Go. Yes, in the back. Aaron. I got laid off in April and uh, had, I, it was several months until I went back to work in August. And um, through that time period, um, Chris got provided unemployment and um, a lot of different ways, which is awesome. But it really gave me a chance to um, not only help with 
kids because they law at home for sport not. Mm. It's a victory uh, with Courtney and I to be able to like really dig in and work on our relationship. We went through some counseling with a, uh, a, a pastor of our church, and uh, it was uh, a huge growth period that I wouldn't have been able to experience if I was working and everything was, you know, quiet uh, at home. Yeah. So, uh, really wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Tony, you raise your hand. I had uh, two, like, medical miracles. One, the first one is um, 19 years ago, I had colon cancer. And uh, every three years, I have to go in and get checked. And uh, I got a, a good bill of health mm. again. So to me, it's a miracle that in this day and age that you can continue to live on even though suffering is something great. And with that said, right now I have 12 people that I pray for regularly. I would uh, as regular as I pray. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are battling with cancer, mm -hmm. which is, you know, a different thing. And then uh, the second one is that uh, about 30 years ago, I started losing part of my vision in due to cataracts. And so this last month I went in and I had a cataract removed in my right eye, right eye and then they replaced it with a new lens. And now I can see 2020 in my right eye. And I'm gonna do the left one on Wednesday. Wow. So to me, that's a miracle. That is miraculous, it's I, awesome. I, see it. I haven't seen that well since 30 years ago. Wow. Praise God. That's good. Victories. Anybody else? Victories. Yes. I have a victory that my school, because it's a small private school, we get to be perfect. Mm. And that's kind of huge this year. So, and, and that we have a lot of people, new families, not necessarily Christian families, that are coming to our school. So really the true victory is that I'm getting to share the gospel all the time with these kids. Yeah. Some of them kind of know, and some of them, this is the first time they're hearing it. So wow. That's a really big, big, exciting thing. That's awesome. That's good. Anybody else? Yeah, Bill. And I think one of the victories for me has been, uh, this year, has been really practicing the presence of God. And I, and I don't mean just going to church or reading my Bible, but... Um, you know, I, I really think sometimes our biggest stumbling blocks in life are our natural abilities. Mm. You know, the faith is, oh, I'm gifted in this and that, so I don't need God, I just do it. Mm. So construction is one of the things that I can do without it. But God has really taught me this year, because it was just like everything, you know, I had some big construction projects at the house, and there were some challenging times, and all of a sudden I'm, why am I not looking to you, God? Mm. Why am I not asking you? And as soon as I would ask him, okay, how do I do this? How do <laughs> I get over that? He'd show me. It's like, not MacGyver. This is MacGyver way. <laughs> but he would show me. And it just, I was so delighted. I would just been able to sing songs and hymns. And, and just, it was like I felt joy in doing some stuff that I was dreading to do. Mm. Because I invited him again to acknowledge him and step by step. And I need to continue, we all do, 
practice his presence and not just think of it in our head. Yeah. But to practice it and watch him work. Watch him show you the you need a you can't find you this, you can't find that. Ask him. <laughs> and he showed you exactly where it is. Those little things were just right and left. Mm-hmm. And and I look at them as they're small, maybe, but they're they're big victories because without practicing his practicing his presence. And especially in 2020, all we're going to do is look at a chaotic world yeah. that we live in, and we need to know that God, God is in control. Yeah. We share. So that's, that's been a personal victory for me, that I surrender the natural things. I think that that's the cross Jesus told us to bear, mm-hmm. you know, is <laughs> we need to die to those natural things, put them on the shelf. Yeah, God uses them, but we need to put them on the shelf and let him use them through us to glorify himself. Yeah. Yeah, relying on him for everything, really, what it comes down to. Last one, right here. Um, this last year, we, my husband started praying whenever we leave the house, whenever we do something, and it's just, it makes a world of difference to realize that you need to depend on him. Him just in daily things. Yeah. That's good. That's so good. Hey, if you didn't get a chance to share your victories, or you don't like to talk out loud, but you would still want to be shared, uh, text me. Let me know. Um, 206-941-0959. I'll be glad to, uh, to read it and uh, to talk with you. Uh, if you get weird, I'll just mute you on my phone. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's a great feature, okay? Haven't done that to anybody in the room yet. All right. Hey, can we stand together? Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are the way maker. God, you are the one who keeps his promises. God, you still are a miracle working God today. And God, that you are the light in the darkness. And and God, for so many, this has been a weird year and it's been a dark year. But God, that means that you shine even brighter. And so, Lord, we pray that you would shine bright. We have a week left. God, shine bright. Lord, show us the good things that you want us to be doing, to give you glory, to bring you glory, and to point people to you so they would know you, that their 2021 can start off with a relationship with the living God. And Lord, I pray for anyone in this room or who are watching who have never even started a relationship with you, that today would be the day that they would reach out to you and and ask. And the gift of salvation would be given to them. And they would be saved and rescued. And God, that you would walk with them and remind them who you are. And God, as your church, remind us, continue to remind us who you are. Thank you are so much more than we can even think or imagine. And I thank you for being able to gather in your name and thank you for being able to worship you and to learn from you, to hear the victories. Lord, we praise you and we give you thanks for every single victory that was shared and that was not shared because you are a God of victory. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, blessings to you. We will see you next week. 2021.